We always beat ourselves up for not being agile, not being nimble, not being able to respond to circumstances quickly. We did it in a crisis. What does that mean for us when we can plan to do different, do better? There's so many circumstances that our schools have said, well, we could never do that, right? We could never imagine the whole school teaching without being in the same campus or in the same classroom. And yet we did. What are those other, we could never do that that are out there? Unbeknownst to us, in February 2020, we were about to go into a certain kind of hibernation, one forced on us by the circumstances of our time. Two years into this, we may be seeing the beginning of the light at the end of the tunnel, learning how to live with this global pandemic and bring back the kind of social connections we value and need. Jeff Shields is CEO of the National Business Officers Association and longtime friend of this show. And this week, he and Howard Teibel turned their attention forward in anticipation of the upcoming 2022 NBOA Annual Meeting and Business Solutions Showcase, February 20th through 23rd of this year. The theme, Elevate, a call to step up our game and bring into our work all that we've learned these past two years. And when you're at the conference, make sure you catch Howard in his talk with Taylor Hastrich from FAEF in an experiential session to elevate strategic thinking as a business officer. Links to the conference registration and schedule, as always, are in the show notes for this episode. Thank you for joining us this week. And remember, whether your challenges are financial, structural, or you simply want to build stronger teams, Tybal Education can help your people move to the next level of excellence. Check out how we can help you be a stronger leader and build stronger teams at tybelinc.com. That's T-E-I-B-E-L-I-N-C.com. And now, Howard Tybel and NBOA CEO, Jeff Shields. Jeff, great to see you again. Finally, after two years, we're gonna be able to come together and drink and learn together. Okay, maybe not in that order. How are you? <laughs> here, here to that. And I'm doing great, Howard. It, it's great to be invited back. It's always great to talk with you. You get the gold jacket. I think you've been in more podcasts. Uh, you know, maybe Mike Gower has been equal, Ooh. right? He's I'll one of us. But you are at, you are at the t- one of the top. I've done more of these with you, which is fantastic. I'll be in the company of Mike Gower. I'll, I'll be in that company. On February 20th through 23rd, NBOA will be conducting its annual meeting in the Fair City of Chicago. And I'm so excited to be invited back to be part of this. You know, I was thinking about when I went to your website, I always love annual meeting taglines. <laughs> what it does is it lets people know what you framed as your highest aspiration. And this year, Elevate is the tagline. Talk to us about that. It's part of a trilogy, Howard, if you don't mind me saying. So last year at the annual meeting, our theme was Innovate. And certainly last year, we innovated our entire annual meeting in its delivery. Uh, and I think um, our audience experienced an annual meeting in ways they never conceived of before uh, because of the pandemic. This year is Elevate. Um, you know, our members have been in the thick of things, as you say, 
for the last two years, going on the third year. And the focus of Elevate, uh, not only does it tie into Chicago and the L and, and that amazing city, but it also uh, encourages our business officers and business operations staff to kind of get above the noise, you know, to, to take a different point of view. They really, um, everyone's been on the front line at, in different ways. Our business officers, biz, business operations staff have certainly been on the front line helping our schools lead and manage through a pandemic, through situations that, that no one was prepared for, but they rose to the occasion. So we want folks to come to Chicago to take a step back, take a breath, reconnect with each other, and let's look at our work and look at our schools from a different point of view. Let's get out of the day-to-day and elevate. But the third part of the trilogy, Howard, and I hope I can count on your support and participation, is next year when we celebrate 25 years of MBOA at our next annual meeting. So we have, so that's the trilogy. That's the story we're telling right now. You know, it's so fascinating listening to you talk about this past year. Cause I remember, you know, the, the one I went to two years ago was the last conference Mm -hmm. that in, in Florida, and then the world did what it did. You know, 10 years ago, we talk about learning, needing to learn how to pivot. We were so naive what that meant. But I can tell you that I've seen it, and I'm sure you have too, Too is, is how much we have even surprised ourselves about our capacity to learn how to deal with uncertainty and still make tough decisions. Oh, my gosh, Howard. I mean, that's, I think that's the headline from the pandemic, right? We always beat ourselves up for not being agile, not being nimble, not being able to respond to circumstances quickly. Uh, and education, to be fair, is not really known for that, right? Um, and that's a that's a really good thing because it keeps our organizations, our schools, our universities, our colleges stable and solid and and steadfast and and reliable. Uh, but in this moment, uh, we needed to be something altogether different. And I agree with you 100. percent They they rose to the occasion. Like I said, at every level: trustees, heads of school, business officers faculty, students and families, everyone rose to the occasion. So I think um, what I've been talking to folks about, because everyone's observed it, it's almost empirical information that we can say that we were able to do that, that we demonstrated our ability to be nimble, to be agile, to be responsive. So we did it in a crisis. What does that mean for us when we can plan to do different do better. Uh, there's so many circumstances that our schools have said, well, we could never do that, right? We could never imagine the whole school teaching without being in the same campus or in the same classroom. And yet we did. What are those other, we could never do that that are out there that we can use this muscle we've developed to really go after. And I think that's, I think that's starting the heads of schools and the business officers and the leaders I'm speaking with, they're, they're thinking about what the chapter is beyond the pandemic. They don't know when we'll get there and neither do I and neither do you, but they are beginning to think about what chapter they want to write post-pandemic. And I think that's exciting. There is this recognition you're talking about, which is people have stepped up. People have developed in their lexicon, we'll figure it out. Not we have to plan, we'll figure it out. And that has been, I think, a, a huge 
uh, skill that people have cultivated, uh, the recognition that we don't have to have the answers to make decisions. We don't have to know how it's going to play out, but we're willing to make decisions. And I think that people have exercised a muscle in leadership in a way that has really strengthened their capacities going forward. At the same time, Jeff, and this is why this conference is so important, if you're on the fence, the capacity to be back with other human beings, face-to-face with peers, to be able to reflect on successes, to, to reflect on the challenges together, this is something that we've lost over the last two years. And I give you so much credit because I'm working with other associations who are still on the fence, and it's not as soon as yours about whether we can do it or not. And I think it's a bold and important leadership move that you made to say we are going to go forward with this face-to-face. Well, uh, I appreciate that. You know what? No no leader worth anything makes decisions on their own. So I turned to my association colleague uh, network that I have that I'm so grateful for. I, I turned to my board chair. Uh, I turned to the staff. And we really... Uh, spent some time weighing the options and we decided to move forward. Um, so I appreciate that. One thing I want to just share with your audience that I think is real, I want them to understand the magnitude of what happened this past year. And especially for, I know you have a lot of listeners from colleges and universities. I want them, I want to give them a little taste of what independent schools managed to do during this time. I know one school that closed in-person education teaching on Friday and stood up their online learning program over the weekend and began delivering on Monday. I know another school that stood up a testing site every Tuesday and ran that testing site every Tuesday for their entire boarding school population, faculty, staff, and students every Tuesday throughout really what was the worst of the pandemic. Before, Remember before vaccines, before a lot of before treatments, before all of that. So th- I just wanted to share the magnitude of what we're talking about, the 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 metal that these individuals demonstrated under a lot of unknown circumstances. You know what we always, I know we've talked about this before, Howard, the ability for leaders to operate in ambiguity, right? That's that's what that's what really makes the difference. That's a leader operating in ambiguity. It's so easy to do and keep doing what you've already done that you've been successful at, but really looking at a set of circumstances, having never done it before and for and, and, and walking headfirst into it. So, uh, you know, allow me a little latitude to brag about the amazing MBOA membership. And you're right. They're all going to be there shoulder to shoulder. Um, not all, but everyone who can attend. Um, and Howard, I just want to mention if they can't attend in person, there is a digital pass available for individuals who wish they could attend but can't for whatever reason, share it with their colleagues, et cetera, et cetera. They're going to have access to a lot of great pieces of the annual meeting. They're going to get a lot of pre-recorded content. They're going to get a lot of post-recorded content, including your deep dive, uh, including all three general sessions. So um uh, we want to make this program available, and we're only able to do that because we've all been through what we've been through. We learned how to deliver aspects of this program in a virtual environment effectively. So, uh, and I would say we're committed to doing that in the future. We don't think that's going away, and nor should it. Nor should it, because again, we've developed a muscle, right? We've learned, and and we should build on that investment and get better at it. So, I I foresee that MBA will always have both an in-person 
and virtual offering as part of its annual meeting. Well, we learned in the period of the pandemic how we can extend our reach Mm -hmm. for people who can't come but want to be part of this. Retaining that is critical, Jeff. And I just love that you you recognize you did such a beautiful job in orchestrating a virtual experience that was very different than I had ever experienced, even with other associations. And retaining that is going to allow, I, I think, for even broader reach across you know the country and even the world for people who want to be part of these kind of conversations. Business officers are hungry to be yeah. in the same room together. Business officers have been through something, Howard. They've been, they've been actually, we all have, we've been through a trauma. And I don't think we all fully appreciate because we're still in it, the impact of that. But business officers know and have always known, they sometimes can feel very alone on an island, very singular in their network on their campuses. And I think now more than ever, they who are able to come together, need to come together to share those stories, share those successes, celebrate our profession, uh, and of course, learn for each other. I wanted to just punctuate the point of how many business officers that I've heard who've said what you've said, we've been apart for too long. I, I need this. That's a direct quote from an email. I need this for me. Uh, and so that's going to be really exciting to see play out. You know, something I'm going to talk about you just provoked in me uh, in this leadership program is one of my observations is that in the course of the pandemic, especially in the early days, we knew we were flying by the seat of our pants and that we just had to choose. And then there was a, a, a collective sense of how much teams have come together and what, and I said this earlier, is this idea of we'll figure it out. That language, we'll figure it out, is something as we move into the planning and thinking longer term, we don't want to lose, Jeff, because I'm already seeing that, and it's inevitable this would happen. When we leave a crisis, when we begin to move away from a crisis, then we get back into doing it right versus recognizing we can still make decisions and we'll figure it out. And it's okay to move forward with 60% of the information versus 90% of the information. And that's a risk that as a leader, we need to learn to retain because that capacity to still choose and say, we'll figure it out, gives us the freedom to accelerate decision-making that often can become the impediment to be able to put new change in place. Oh, 100%. And when I hear... Our primary members, the business officer, talk about what propelled their ability to get through this real crisis. They almost to a person talk about their colleagues on the leadership team, advancement professionals, enrollment professionals, heads of schools, trustees, how they all came together. Job descriptions went out the door, and it was really that notion of how do we get this done? And I don't want to leave out faculty and staff the same kind of uh, mentality. How do we get this done? What can I provide to offer a solution? So our school, remember, independent schools were in a unique situation. They were very, very committed to be able to deliver in-person education if they could. They were very committed to offer quality online learning education if they could. And other schools were committed to providing a choice. I know we talk a lot about lost year. I really 
um, I, I shy away from that language because I know the schools that I work with were very committed to ensuring it wasn't a lost year where they didn't stop delivering their mission. And it's because of what you just said. How do we get it done in this circumstance? You know, the benefit, as, I, as you say that, is that you weren't encumbered, encumbered the same way the, the public school systems were in terms of how the governor could make a decree. And in a certain way, the pandemic became a test for these schools to really step into making choices that would best serve families and students. And for the most part, my guess is the families discovered this is a great place for us to be part of because we have now the capacity to pivot and do the right thing and not be caught up so much in the politics. Correct. I want to make sure if anyone's listening from California, California was a notable exception that when they made policies for schools, they included private schools in their uh, legislation, in their in their uh, mandates. But for the most part, you are correct that uh, independent schools had the uh, unique opportunity to operate outside of that. And we also have always had um, an advantage because of the size of our community. So I think those two things, I think um, independent schools are really, can be really creative, as we've said, when push comes to shove, but also they were maneuvering smaller communities than a lot of their um, public school uh, colleagues were. And, and that turned out to be an advantage. Being an independent school isn't always an advantage. But in this scenario, there were certain levers that were an advantage and, and we took full advantage of them. For me, the tagline for coming to this thing is really about supporting our emotional well-being because this is something that can feed us. We need to be able to step back, even myself, uh, with everything, because things change on us all the time with schools to say we can no longer do something face-to-face and we have to pivot and to be able to step back and just explore and learn with others and get back to some teaching face-to-face is fantastic. Let's talk about your keynotes. I I have to tell you that consistently you have the best keynotes of associations because they're also out of the box. You got Jade Simmons, rock star concert pianist, Ben Nemkin, one of the world's top 30 organizational culture professionals, and Derek Gay, who is a leader around diversity and inclusion. Talk to us about your keynotes. Well, I appreciate that. You know, my mantra has always been uh, since working at MBOA that our keynotes uh, help our members think differently and the concurrent sessions help them do differently. And we want them to take both back to their schools. And like you said, both feed the brain differently, right? Uh, but I'm very excited. I had the opportunity to interview Jade Simmons for our magazine. I would call her the musical Oprah Winfrey. That's what I would, that's what I think folks should be prepared for. She's a maverick. She is a, a classically trained pianist. She will be uh, giving a live performance during her presentation. Um, And she's really going to draw upon how she um, reinvented how people think about concert pianists. And she was uh, really, it was part of her career. Now it's become part of her um, ethos, if you will. And she's going to help Uh, our schools, I think, really um, understand and she's going to personally demonstrate how you can take something and you can take an expectation that all people have that you're going to do it a certain way 
and you can break the mold. And when you break the mold, you get people's attention, you get their support, um, and uh, you can create a lot more uh, of excitement. And P.S., and one of the things I know she'll share is that she's passionate about bringing this music to as many people as she can. So by breaking the mold, it opened up those avenues for her. So we're in for a, a really special treat uh, with her. And she was thrilling. I talked to her for an hour over the phone and she was thrilling over the phone. So I'm quite sure she's going to be great uh, in person. You know, what a great metaphor for yeah. what it is. That's what, that's what I think your, your keynotes are. You know, it's not just bringing it in, which can, which can also be great uh, other business officers to speak, but to be able to like bring in people that live in other disciplines and see how those dis- disciplines can contribute to who we are. Talk a little bit about uh, Ben Nemkin and Derek Gay. Yeah. Well, Ben is there actually, I saw Ben several years ago. Um, I really loved his message. Uh, he uh, uh, wrote a book about a hundred things uh, you want to do before you die. It was kind of, he lived out a bucket list and him and his friends from college did this. And they went on this extraordinary journey uh, where they pursued uh, opportunities that you would think at first uh, blush were unachievable. And he's, I, I'm going to call him a young man, which is going to date me, but he's an inspiring uh, young man who uh, took a look at his life and what he wanted to do. And he he just forged his own path. And I think that's a great leadership lesson. He's speaking at the Leadership Awards Luncheon. And I think it's going to be great. And I know, Howard, you love storytelling. He's going to tell you great stories and show you uh, great stories about his journey that will be that will lift you up, make you feel like anything's possible. Um, and I think be, he, I was really touched by his message. And who doesn't need that right now, right? Who doesn't need to be lifted up um, and to believe again that anything is possible and that you can create the kind of future you want, or you can achieve things that that people around you will say no, that can't be done. So he's a great me- he's going to be a great messenger for that. And finally, we're going to wrap up with Derek Gay, who I'm thrilled is going to be joining us. He's a Chicago, uh, he's local to Chicago, and um, it's a part of our uh, continuing commitment to diversity, equity, inclusion that the board of directors made uh, a couple years ago, and we're living that out in our program. And we are continuing the message that our business officers, if they want to be leaders within their independent school, then they need to not only be conversant, but there's in DE&I issues, but there is a role for them to play. And Derek A is going to drive that message home at our MBOA breakfast on the final day of the meeting. Beautiful. Again, thank you for inviting me to come back. I'm very excited. You know, because as we continue to do this work, especially through the pandemic, the bar has been raised and 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 people have discovered that they're both up for it and other people have discovered they're not up for it. And I think what we're discovering, Jeff, is more and more people who are in this work are looking for ways to really accelerate and make an impact, that it's it's no longer a nice to have to be an effective leader, that we really have to learn how to innovate. So, so one of the focus areas for us is this idea around how we innovate as a set of social practices, as opposed to innovation as invention. Very often we think about innovation as a thing versus innovation as a way, as human practices to move ideas forward. So we're going to be doing some of that and as well as uh, 
we've been talking about strategy forever, right? Everyone, but what is strategy from the perspective of strategic thinking? Not just the strategic plan. The plan is the outcome of that. And what I love about your members is they come so open to wanting to learn how to take some of these principles forward back into their work. So I'm I am thrilled to be part of uh, being able to give back again uh, to the people who would be joining this program. Well, I'm always I'm always thrilled to have you, and I I'm a particularly uh, pleased that you'll be spending some dedicated time with our uh, second class of leadership uh, academy participants this year. Um, this is the first year where they've had both um, in person and a virtual component to this program, and we have 20 diverse. Uh, interesting uh, leaders within the MBOA community that have participated in this program. And they're going to spend an afternoon with you on Sunday. And I hope you you give them all you have uh, to uh, inspire them to be the best leaders they can be at their school and be the best leaders they can be throughout MBOA. Hopefully you can come to some of this because I think mm-hmm. you, you've always been, you know, I always count on you be, sitting in the front row. <laughs> with your notepad and and ready to go and learn. I always learn something uh, in in these sessions, and I have a lot of role models. A lot of the members of the MBA board directors, um, what I think is unique about them, they're all lifelong learners. These are the most experienced, the most talented uh, members within MBA, and yet they always seek out new knowledge. And I think that's what makes them as effective as they are in their roles. They're always looking for new ideas. They're always looking for that next inspiration. They're always looking for that, that better solution uh, to what they always do. So I, I, um, I think I've reignited that commitment from them, but um, I think it's also my theater background. I'm a good audience member. So I'll give you a lot of positive nonverbal cues and smile and nod and applaud really loud. And you know, you may have that. just answered my, the question I was about to ask you, because I was think, just thinking, I've known you such a long time. Yes. And what always strikes me about you, which is presses me, is your energy, <laughs> your positive well, you. energy, looking for how are we going to get through this? It, it's like, and I know like the rest of us, we all, we have bad days, Yeah. but the thing that, you know, I'm, I'm curious about Jeff is how do you maintain this level of energy for this work uh, at the pace that you do? Uh, it comes it comes from the members and the MBOA staff team. I mean, that's that's the easiest question you could ask me all day. Um, I've always thought I've had an advantage because I wasn't an independent school business officer for my, uh, myself. I didn't have that experience. So I think it gives me kind of an unshackled ability to be their biggest cheerleader because I admire them. I respect them uh, so much. And I'm, I'm not just... There's no reason. I've been doing this job for 12 years. I don't need to suck up to this membership anymore, right? Uh, but they're so smart and they're so good. And that inspires me and the whole MBOA staff um, every day. And, you know, the members didn't just miss out on the annual meeting the last two years. You know, MBOA staff did. Yeah. I mean, we recharge our batteries at this meeting. We never, never feel better about the work we do on behalf of this community than we do following one of our annual meetings. And it's because of what we get back uh, from the membership. But um, I'm surrounded by really great people on the MBA staff. I have a leadership team that has been developed over the years. Um, I, you know, I don't want to mention anyone by name because I'll leave someone out, but uh, I'm, I'm very fortunate. I've always felt fortunate uh, to be in this role at this time and to do this work. 
you know, that's your comment that you didn't come from this world, mm-hmm. which is which is an advantage. What you bring as I listen to you is a certain kind of humble leadership, the capacity to access in a certain way your own ignorance. And you consistently go back to your team. That in itself is a lesson for most leaders, uh, you know, versus being the lone ranger and having to be the one that knows the answers. No, the team is going to make it happen. And you've always done such a nice job of, uh, of acknowledging that. You're, you're a role model for me about how to lead a team, which is, uh, which is inspiring, especially as we grow our team. So, Jeff, thank you for taking this time. I, anyone listening, if you have the capacity uh, to participate in this event, I highly recommend because the energy that comes from NBOA and the annual meeting, I promise you, you will walk away from this saying, I'm so glad I went. In a certain way, it's a kind of recharge that we all need. So so take the time to come. And if you can't, go to the, the virtual experience. Anything else you want to close with, Jeff? I do. I just want to remind folks that we are requiring vaccinations. And if you're eligible for a booster, we're recommending that as well. We're following every health and safety protocol that many of our member schools are following to create as safe uh, an environment as reasonable as possible, understanding that this is an imperfect world. So if you're going to come in person, know that when you get there, uh, it is not lost on us. It's also not lost on uh, the uh, Marriott Marquis Chicago, who has heightened protocols to keep the meeting safe. And as you said, Howard, if for whatever reason you can't find your way to the in-person meeting this year in Chicago, please plan to join us in Los Angeles for our 25th anniversary in 2023 and or uh take advantage of the digital pass because it's going to give you a lot of really high quality content. And and I really believe it's not going to be the same as last year, but you'll really feel like uh, you're part of this community uh, again, and you're connected to this community again, especially if if you haven't been able to engage for the last several, several years. I can't wait to see you in person, man. Me too. Me too. Right. Thank you for this opportunity, Howard. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you.